bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host, and I'm an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, where I also serve as director of the Hayden Planetarium. Joining me is my special guest host, Chuck Nice. Hey, man. Nice Chuck Nice. That's Nice Chuck Nice. Thanks for having me back, Neil. Well, people might want to know why I said Nice Chuck Nice. Oh, that's because you can follow me on Twitter at, at Nice Chuck Nice. You, what, Chuck Nice was already taken, was that? You know what? <laughs> Oddly enough, it was. <laughs> so, so, welcome back. This is our special Super Bowl break edition of Star Talk Radio. Yeah. I, I know you're a football fan from way back. Huge. Out of control football fan. Huge. I love it. I love you it. It's get, like crack to me. You get in a football mood? Yes, I do. You, you just love... I love everything about it. I'm telling you right now, I... I Got a little stiffy just talking about it right now. <laughs> no. Okay? TMI, TMI. <laughs> uh, for today, I brought in one of my uh, longtime friends and colleagues, Professor Charles Liu. He's a professor of astrophysics at the City University of New York. Charles, welcome to Star Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Chuck. Uh, uh, let me say why I've got him on here. Yeah. A couple of years back, he wrote an essay on the physics of baseball. And he did all kinds of cool calculations about what baseball would be like on the moon. And I figured, well, I need him for my football show because then he'll do all these weird, crazy, geeked out calculations for what goes on in football. Cool. And you get to comment on our interviews that we have for this segment. Do you know who we – Chuck, do you know why you managed to get? No. Three football players from the New York Giants. That's very cool. It was very cool. They Aside came to, for the fact that they're from the New York Giants because <laughs> oh, I'm an Eagles fan. You're an Eagles fan. Yeah. Well, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, three of tra- tight end Travis Beckham okay. and a special teams captain and, and – uh, linebacker uh, Chase Blackburn. Okay, and another linebacker Jonathan Jonathan Coff. Good guys. Yeah, good guys. That's, good that's guys. pretty cool. And on the very first segment with them, we talked about what makes the best tackle and how you might uh, try to take someone down who's in motion. So yeah. let's see what they have to say. And Charles, when we come back, I want your analysis of this conversation. I'll do my best. All right, let's check it out. Do you actually invoke? Laws of physics you learn in your engineering class to become a better linebacker? 
could say, yeah, but it's actually something that, that you learn as, as a young football player, and that's the, yeah. the low man wins. Low man wins. It's I've heard that. Leverage. And so you want to come in at what point in the person's body? You want your hat under their hat. Oh, okay. Oh, you call right. them hats? Yes. How polite. <laughs> <laughs> well, my cap, yes. Okay, so you want your cap, your helmet under their helmet. What does that then do for you? Uh, it gives you better leverage and puts you in a better position. So if you're a smaller guy, it puts you in a better position to control the blocker. And so it helps if you can crouch a little lower than others can. Yes. So why aren't people just slithering along the ground <laughs> to get oh. to their people's ankles to get as, as low as humanly possible? It's, you get some power. Oh, you start losing power when you get real low. So it's the whatever's the best combination right. of how low you get, yet yeah. still get to use your leg, leg strength. Yeah, right. With the speed coming down, you know, it's obviously you meet force with force when you come out. Uh-huh. So that's where it all comes from. A lot of people think that it's your upper body, it's really your legs and, and what you have underneath them. So Jonathan, tell me about leg power. If you're going to block someone, the most obvious thing you're using is your upper body. So how do the legs play out? Your, your legs are your legs and your hips. Those are the most important things. But that's where you generate all, all of your power, all of your momentum. That that it gets started, you know, with your with your legs. You don't need to have phenomenal bench press to to be able to deliver those big hits or to uh, or to create separation between yourself and a blocker. It all starts with your legs, and if you can get good acceleration with your legs going, then um then everything else comes. If you had the choice of tackling a tall person or a short person, who would you be most effective at tackling? Tall. I would taller. Yeah, I mean. Bigger target. Get the legs and wrap them up. They can't drive. Same thing. If you're tackling, you hit a guy up high. They can still move their legs and, oh, and drive. So, and, drive and, the and there's still there's still something going on in the play yeah, yeah. if the legs are still and touching. If, and if you right. can get a taller guy and you take him on thigh level or, or waist level, and he's wrap out. The legs yeah. can't go anywhere. He's out. So why aren't there more little players? Or are there in football? Right. Running backs. Yeah, running backs. A lot of like running backs that. are shorter. We got a Mob Bradshaw back there for us. How tall is he? He's got to like be five, five nine. <laughs> five two. <laughs> he might be like five nine. So he's a little fire plug then. Yeah. 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 And what does he weigh? Much more than two hundred. Two hundred plus or minus. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of guys in the league yeah. that it's starting to come back. Like Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah. He may have been five ten. He's and a, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, yeah. yeah. My data says he's 5'6", maybe? maybe. Yeah, a lot of the running backs now are. But they also have those thick legs that, that drive, too. <laughs> Just let me alert the listening audience that Jonathan Koff, linebacker for the New York Giants, majored in mechanical engineering in college. And Chase Blackburn was a math major. Charles, what does that do for you? <laughs> well, that explains why it sounded a heck of a lot like a NASA engineer conversation just now at Goddard Space Flight Center. <laughs> but uh, Ra- Rather than the New York Giants locker room. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. It's quite amazing. <laughs> but actually, they're, they're quite right. Uh, the center of mass makes all the difference in terms of whether you're able to stop somebody. Now, what's interesting is, of course, the center of mass for most men is just above the belly button, whereas mm-hmm. for most women, it's just below. So what that means is these short guys you refer to, like Darren Sproles and Maud Bradshaw, their centers of mass are more like women in the sense of further down in their legs, which makes them more effective in driving. But I wonder if they'd rather tackle a short guy 10 times or a tall guy 10 times. Because you want to hit Brandon Jacobs, who's 6'4", 250, 10 times? You can I, stop him the first time. It'd be fun. But I, I don't want to hit him at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting that make a single tackle, you want to tackle the big guy. But... By the fourth quarter, I'll bet you you'd rather go for Darren Sproles any day of the week. Because he's beating you down, the big guy. That's right. The right. big guy, yeah. So yeah. the little guy is much less mass coming at you, and, and, and it works for you, is what you're saying. I think so. And so this thing about women with a lower center of mass, is it just because they're shorter or because their hips bring some weight 
below the belt that would otherwise be above the belt for men. It has to do with the anatomical structure. Ah. Oh, yeah. the anatomical so, that's structure. The so that explains why it's so damn hard for me to tackle women. <laughs> I'll leave that to you, Chuck. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, and let's go back to my interview with uh, my uh, three New York Giants football players, Travis Beckham, tight end, Chase Blackburn, he's a special teams uh, uh, what do we call him? He's the, the he's a, a captain, a, a captain linebacker, and Jonathan Koff. And this time we're going to talk about sort of what it might take to escape a tackle and what kind of force you'd feel if, in fact, you felt one. An NFL lineman hitting with a full force carries about twenty five hundred pounds into his opponent, mm-hmm. and that's like a VW Beetle on that point of impact. Does it feel like that in a tackle? Or is the equipment just so well designed around your body that that's just a walk in the park? I mean, it's by no means a walk in the park, <laughs> but um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're just standing in the middle of the road as a VW Beetle, you know, comes that's right right. and takes your head off. <laughs> so it's not quite so. you're, like you're standing in the middle of a road. Right. right. Okay. Right, no, because you're because you're going at them also. I mean, and because he's bigger, I mean, he has he has more mass, and uh, so he won't be able to move quite as quickly. And so that, that's where I need to use my athleticism to, to, to generate more speed than he is mm-hmm. and then to try to overcome the force. The force. Yeah, you hit a, you hit a, you know, <laughs> you hit a Feel the force. Back, you hit a big <laughs> running back up high, flushed, like, you know, squared up head-to-head. It's going to feel a lot worse than you tackle a guy from the side. Um, right. So the relative the velocities yeah, so are very all, different. Yeah, it's and all about the angle, the tackle, yeah, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, but if, you, if you're watching where you're going, you're not really going to have the occasion to come straight, straight head on. Head on. Right. You're trying to avoid it. Goal line right. yeah, You almost never line up and just go. It seems almost magic how a quarterback can avoid a tackle. I don't know what's going on there. They're there ready to try to pass. Somebody's running after them, and they just sort of step to the side, and the guy just falls on his face. Yeah. Or they spin a little bit with just a little bit on the shoulder. What's going on with the quarterback? They just have high experience away from heavy people. <laughs> Looking out of your peripherals, I think that Vic would probably be the best person to talk about. Michael Vic. Yes. And the way he just sees people, and he does a spin move a lot. Plus, he's quick. So if, if you're going to tackle where he is at this moment, in the next split second, he's in another place, yeah, and your yeah. body is, right. yeah. is out of position. Really got a, you never really, you never really got a handle on him. Plus, yeah. I also think with all the rules in place for the quarterbacks to protect them, yeah. a lot of the defensive players are so nervous about hit that yeah. they're such a small target on a quarterback you can hit without a personal foul. That it's kind of like when you're going out and rushing full speed as a defensive player, and you have to think for that split second. That's it. That's Once it. you think in the game of football, it's over. You can't. You have to react. So it has to be your life experience. Yeah. telling your body what to exactly. do without even processing it. So they're telling you not to think on a football field. What does that mean, Chuck? Well, look at that. It, it, it means that I could play football. <laughs> Anything that requires no thinking at all. I'm a Viking. <laughs> wow, it's like a learned instinct. A learned That's, instinct, yeah. That, I think, Charles, is that what they mean there? Yeah. It, you see, the typical rushing lineman is moving about 20 miles an hour, which is about 30 feet per second. Average human reaction time is about two-tenths of a second. So if you have to react after you see something, you're already six feet past the quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. So you really have to rely on that animal instinct, that learned instinct that has nothing to do with the thinking processes in your head in order to catch him. Otherwise, he's long gone by the time you thought, oh, I got to go that way. So this one is, is split-second timing of the action and the reaction of the tackle. Yeah, and that's what the training is so important, the repetition, so that your body is used to moving without having to think about it first. Yeah, plus the guy ready to tackle the quarterback is probably much more massive than the quarterback himself. So yes. presumably the quarterback is more nimble. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be quarterback. Right. And a hell of a lot more scared, <laughs> which helps you not have to think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there there are big quarterbacks now, actually. Uh, uh, ben Roethlisberger. Right. As, lo- as Just as you're getting smaller running backs, you're getting bigger quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. These guys, not only are they tall enough to see over the linemen and see the passing. I always wondered how they see past that line. Yeah, they're 6'5". It's, it's like, the, it's like the, the, the wall of China. How, how do you even know what's going on? In fact, the front line has to make passing lanes. The way they block, they re- make it so that the quarterback can actually see. They should see put, have periscopes. So <laughs> That's a new helmet equipment addition there. Let's go to my next clip real quick. And it uh, talks about spinning moves. Spinning moves and whether anything you might learn in a ballet class would help your football. The easiest way to spin out of someone is as if they have all of their force on one shoulder. It's easy to spin the other way. It's very hard to spin it if someone's coming to tackle you and their head up on you. And if they hit you square in the middle, it's very hard to spin. Say for instance, I'm running at you and you're coming at my upfield shoulder, you're going to hit my right shoulder. It's very easy to spin to my left because all of your force is going that way. So you don't know in advance until contact is made, what's the best way to undo that? Well, you can anticipate it, I I guess, a little bit. I like to shuffle my feet and, and see where they go and whichever they go. It's easy. So you do like a Muhammad Ali thing with your feet yeah, to try like to shake them? and spin in like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> Although the reason, the reason on defense that we like it when offensive players spin with, is because as an offensive man, you're the only man with the ball. And in defense, you have 11 guys yeah. out there going for that ball. So when someone spins on the first defensive player, there's usually one or two guys coming to hit him. Especially so as soon as he spins, the, out. Ready the, ball, the ball's out. And that's the risk of spinning in the NFL. Oh, because if you're spinning... The ball is away from the spin exactly. point, and now you're exposed. Yeah. Okay, my colleague posed this question. Uh, many defense pass rushers will spin their bodies when they rush the quarterback. Dwight Freeney of the Indianapolis Colts may have the best such spin move in the NFL today. They're basically doing a ballet spin in the air to avoid blockers, and then they rush straight to the target. Is that spin move generally better than a straight bull rush? Or is it just that Freeney does it so well that it's sort of uniquely effective for him? It's the mix-up of it. They Um, they complement each other. Yeah, if you're bull rush one time and the offensive tackle's deep-setting for you and trying to come at you, trying to get his leverage, expecting you to just bull rush him, um, that's when you want to hit the the spin move on Keep him guessing. Yeah, because if if they get up, especially if they're deep-setting because of your speed, they deep-set to your upfield shoulder. So as soon as they do that, you kind of lean into them to get them to guess that way. And then then you you take them out. And you roll back underneath, spin move underneath. So this is a mind game at that point. Yeah. Right, it's like a, like chess, a chess match. match. Yeah. Chess match. In the old days, there were these videos of football coaches teaching their players ballet. Are these sort of tiptoe moves still taught for your agility? And I heard some guys do ballet. Yeah, I mean, I think if someone's going to do it, they'll do that on their own. <laughs> not tell anybody oh, about it. Not. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, leave the tutu <laughs> back at home. <laughs> a whole football field of tutus. <laughs> We're going to a commercial break, but when we return, a whole conversation about football injuries. Stay tuned on Star Talk Radio.
sleep, grocery shopping, themselves, just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block tax pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. to a special edition of Star Talk Radio during the Super Bowl break. I had the privilege of interviewing three NFL football players, and it's Travis Beckham, Chase Blackburn, and Jonathan Koff. Two of them were science and math majors in college, which is pretty cool. You want to follow us, Star Talk Radio. Uh, we're on the web, startalkradio.net, and find us on Facebook, Star Talk Radio. And guess what our Twitter handle is? Star Talk Radio. <laughs> and my uh, special guest today is my colleague Charles Liu, astrophysicist and all-around calculator of geeky things. <laughs> so we're thanks gonna, a lot, Dion. We're going to come back to you after this next clip where we talk. I talked to my this these these New York Giants about what they do when they strip the ball from anyone's possession and the pile on that results. Let's see what they tell us. It didn't seem to me that back in the seventies or eighties. That you know, tackle people aim for the ball. It seems like it's happening all the time today. It's something that's taught now. Every coach teaches it's it. Taught. Special teams, yeah, taught everything. Ball. Offense, especially now, teaches it. I, I mean, you sit in on those meetings and they talk about if, if the defense gets an interception or a fumble recovery, so that's what they're taught to do yeah. now is strip the ball because defensive guys aren't used to running, running with, the, with ball. the ball. Say it like a loaf of bread. That's how they carry it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's there for the pickings. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's it. And also, exactly. if you look at the statistics for um, teams that win the turnover battle, the teams that create the most turnovers, or that have the best ratio, those are the teams that are going to win the most games. He's quote him coaching. I was going to say, way. how do you not know the exact percentage yeah. throughout the, the league with all oh, the Let me, let me we, go we get my PowerPoints. I saved all the PowerPoints. Uh, I think it's like <laughs> 80, <laughs> 80 some percent. I mean, in the old days, they might have seen someone try to knock it out of your hands, but if you hit it with a helmet, it's almost impossible to keep holding that. I think it was somebody running full speed at you with a helmet right at that football. It's Aiming for hard. the football. It's very hard to, to hold that football. That's why a lot of times you see guys holding the, the football with two hands. And there's times where I've been running with the ball and they've tried to put their pad on the ball and they haven't and hit my forearm and, and that's not a very good. And oh. Just think about that pressure on the football. It's very hard. To, right, and the, the form is not protected. No, it's yeah. not at all. Yeah. And I guess to draw an okay. analogy, it's, it's a lot like hitting a nail with a hammer and your helmet sometimes ends up being the head of the yeah. hammer. Right. When the ball's bouncing around and it's live. For you guys, it seems to be quite dangerous because that's when the piling on happens. Yeah. Somebody goes in, grabs the ball, and who determines who has possession of the ball? Whoever comes up with it. Yeah. No, 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 no. There are 14 guys like, in a pile, and they just peel them off one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever comes up whoever's, with the ball. Whoever ends ball. with it. So if you and I have equal grip on the ball, it's not going to happen. We're going to fight it out. We're going to, we're going to. One of us is going to get it. <laughs> and there's, there's, some, on there's, <laughs> there's some bad stuff in there that happens. Bad stuff in there. Yeah. Too, so. I mean, so there's any biting or. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's everything's happening. But I mean, you have, yeah, you've you seen really tape bite, people but. getting punched in the, down there and, and people getting stepped on and people getting eyes poked and. Right. Oh, yeah. It gets dirty down there. It's like throwing a fresh piece of meat in the lines, man. <laughs> so Charles, oh it, it must be a lot of force if you're in the bottom of that pile. Oh yeah, so you're suffering. Let's say if there's, let's say it's probably not 14 guys, but let's say eight guys are on mm -hmm. top of you, and yeah. they're 250 pounds each. You're talking 2,000 pounds. Yeah. That's a Volkswagen Beetle right on top. Right, of your just chest. driving on top of your That's chest. Right. And the thing is, of course, the ball is a prolate spheroid, right? Just. So All right, that's geek uh, for yeah. football shape, okay? Yes. Yeah. What that yeah. means is that... It's a football. Yeah, football, right. yes. It, <laughs> it bounces like crazy. You don't know where it's going to go depending on whatever force. So the next guy piles on, suddenly it squirts that way. Next guy comes on, squirts the other way. But uh, tacking a ball is also all about physics. The reason it's being coached now is because coaches figured out that it takes much less force to actually knock a ball out of a kid's hands than it is to actually take the guy down. It actually requires less force. Okay, so they're invoking the laws of physics to... Improve their ability to win the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so it's easier to strip a ball than it is to tackle a guy. Absolutely, in all cases. The, in retrospect, this sounds kind of obvious. I don't know why they didn't figure that out 50 years ago. Well, maybe, they, maybe they didn't have physics 101. I think that <laughs> might have something to do with it. Well, you know, a big problem these days are helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits, and oh, I, had to, I had to bring that up and find out where that, was, where that leads, where that was and where it's going to go. Let's find out the latest on that. Nowadays, you have these guys in the NFL that just lay people out. They just knock people out, whether take and they do it leg. with their helmet going yeah. into your helmet, yeah, yeah. And, and head that, to head. And that's the worst part. I mean, if, if you want to strive yourself on being a hard hitter and, and knocking people out, hit someone in the chest. Hit someone uh, that still looks good on the highlight in reel. The stomach. Hit somebody in the shoulders. When you hit somebody in their head, where it messes up their cognitive skills and, and all that stuff, like you shouldn't take pride in that. That's like you're knocking someone out based on something that but they have no control. When I want that, I take. I think probably taking a cheap shot at an opposing player, but it's it's football, you know. It's, it's a by sport. any means necessary, you know. Get yeah. get your job done. But there's a law now against. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is the law? You're not allowed to you, you kill helmet to helmet. Yeah, you, on a defenseless receiver yeah. is the, is yeah, the you, you key can't, term. There's no helmet to helmet contact on a defenseless receiver, and then there's no helmet to helmet period quarterback. on quarterbacks. Yeah. So I'm a pass receiver. Yeah. I don't have the ball yet. Now I have the ball. 
you can pit your helmet to my helmet. Have you had an opportunity to make a a football move? And it's how you tackle. Like, if you're lunging at someone, like if you're attempting to go helmet to helmet, then yes. If the receiver is running and he ducks and you're going for a tackle, it's it's kind of, but it's kind of based on different stuff. It's where you can get fined, you can get penalized in the game and fined the week after, but you can actually send it in for an argument. For review. And then they could actually take your fine away, and usually it's seventy five hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Some of the hits are arguable, but during the game they call it a flag. It's a flag. It's but the, a flag. but the hardest part is the fact that you know a lot of times these balls are thrown, and the receiver may bobble it, or as they're catching, so they're not in control they're ducking. Yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as a defensive player, you're aiming at their chest. But as they bobble the ball, it's going to the ground. They're going down a duck to get it. Okay. As they're doing that, your target area that you've already aimed for was their chest. Now that in that same area is now their head because they just dropped. That's yeah, they're, they're basically giving us a strike zone. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, it's so hard to change your strike zone as another player is moving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this injury stuff is something else. And uh, I then spoke to them once we talked about helmet-to-helmet butt-heading behavior (laughs) (laughs) you butthead (laughs) i asked them about concussions because it's one thing to just say we hit heads but now what happens to your brain let's find out have you guys all had concussions oh yeah Yeah. i haven't so why did you you said oh yeah and travis says i haven't i mean i've blacked out oh so it's it's a matter of the definition of what you say that's and that's the thing about it now is concussions have been graded so much differently now every head injury is now looked at that's why there's so many more concussions. Oh, okay, okay. Where in the past, the same it, head injury wasn't even looked. Yeah, was, they just uh, slap you, yeah. you know, yeah. you say, hey, put you back in the next line. Yeah, a lot of it. times people get concussions and don't remember what happened. I remember in high school, I, we were playing a green team. I got knocked out and, and opened my eyes and all I could see was green. But that's not a concussion. Last, they only lasted a couple <laughs> plays. No, but, I, but, but the thing is, I remembered everything. Nowadays, you got guys that they can't even like open their eyes and look at light or a week later can't even remember anything. Yeah. Okay, remember. so part of the problem is the helmets are rigid. If you made a soft helmet, okay. then the brain is not going to get the jolt because there'll be a cushion, a, cushion, a padded... Which is what the padding is underneath yeah. that hard yeah, shell of the helmet. Well, oh, this is already supposed to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. And, they're, and they're working so on that again this year. That's, yeah. that's one of the things they're working on is compression of the helmets and everything like that. Okay. Travis, I read your bio. You, you broke your leg in college. Well, it was actually my senior year, and it was actually a very tough year for me because I started the season with a hamstring injury, so I missed the first three games, came back, played four more games, and then I broke my leg. I was actually blocking. My running back got tackled onto my leg, broke my fibula. Blah, blah, blah. Your fibula is in, in your shin. You're out. So, so it, it got broken with you getting tackled? No, no, I was blocking, and the, our running back got tackled and tackled on my leg. Oh, I gotcha. So in a way, that was a secondary yeah. incident yeah. that so, broke the leg. Yeah, injuries is, is a part of the game, and, and that's one thing you're going to have to face. So in a way, a nice, clean bone break, that's the best kind of injury. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your knee, it's exactly. not your exactly. brain. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's 100% injury rate in this, in this game, in this league. I mean, anything from a broken finger to something that's going to end your career, like blowing out your knee. What percentage of players leave the game because of injuries? I would say most do, even if they're not career-ending per se, but... And, and you're speaking to me with your arm in a sling yeah, right exactly, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just had surgery on Friday, so. And well, your surgery was on what? I had my labrum repaired and my ended up being my bicep tendon reattached. It so. just sounds painful. Yeah. Reattach <laughs> your bicep tendon. Yeah. It was week one I had this actually happen, so I played the entire season with this. If it's not necessarily messing you up while you play, what is it, five years later, this yeah. really but catches it, up. Yeah, and, and it cannot be a career-ending injury like, hey, this is it that day, but yeah. the, my, my shoulders could catch up to me in a few years, yeah. or you know, the knees may not be that instant when they happen, but a few years later, they're going to eventually slow you down, so it can become a career-ending injury. What part of your body hurts the most after a game? Shoulders and so 
shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Your shoulder, but that's where you got all the plastic stuff. Uh, that's yeah. why the Still, that's why, yeah. even with yeah. all the plastic. Yeah, with the, yeah. Because I see all the layers, and each layer kind of diffuses yeah. the force to spread it out as evenly as possible. Yeah. Still, right. it's your shoulders. That's how right. much force there is in a, in a game of football. That's why football players have big shoulders and big necks. Because yep. if they didn't, they'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> there, there that is. So, Charles, what's your yeah. reaction to all this injury talk? Well, first of all, he- Helmet to Helmet has been going on for a long time. You guys may remember a guy named Fred the Hammer Williamson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. That was all he did. But beyond that, when you have hard helmets, I know... The he fans, later had a big career in black exploitation right. films in that's the what, 70s. That's right. Ah. That's right. Yeah. The problem is that when you've got hard helmets hitting each other, the time for the impact goes down. And therefore, the impulse. So it's, it's an elastic collision. Exactly. So you're actually transferring much more force in a very short time, even though you do have padding on the inside. So they really should be the leatherheads. Yeah, the soft, soft helmets. You, That's right. Like in the old days. You, well, mm-hmm. keep the whatever's inside, but they should soften it. And that way, the head butt is a, is a, takes longer for it to. Uh, execute the contact. Right. It's like whether you have a bumper that crushes with your car or mm-hmm. whether a really hard piece. It transfers a lot more energy. What they should do is just grow giant afros. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, more of our special Super Bowl break start off program. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio, our special Super Bowl break edition. We've had the pleasure and the privilege of having three New York Giants football players on Star Talk. They visited me in my office at the Hayden Planetarium. Two of them have backgrounds in science. Uh, Chase Blackburn was a math major and at the University of Akron in Ohio, and Jonathan Goff majored in mechanical engineering. And at, where did he go to school? He was at Vanderbilt. At Vanderbilt, that's right. Mm-hmm. And we have Travis Beckham, a tight end. He was the youngest of the three of them, even a little spunkier than the rest. And <laughs> it, was, it was funny hearing him talk about the fact that he runs faster than the other two. He made them sound like old timers. It was funny. They're all born in like the mid '80s. This is what was crazy about it. And so, uh, Charles, yeah. what, what, what? You do weird calculations about <laughs> things. And that's why I brought you on the show. Yep. What yep. can you tell me about? The football enterprise and what uh, what the the uninitiated listener might want to know. Well, I got to tell you, football is the perfect example of how physics is actually fun. Mm. Everything we love about football is applied physics. Everything from blocking and tackling to the hail mary, right? When you have a football that's flying out uh, fifty yards toward the end zone with three seconds left, that ball is actually traveling almost exactly the same way an artillery shell fires because when you shoot the artillery shell out it has rifling in the barrel mm-hmm. that makes the shell spin so they spin that's good increase, stability exactly gives increases the ability for it to hit its target in a nice trajectory and that's part of the reason why quarterbacks will spin the ball when they throw it so it's so they that, so they can legitimately call it the bomb there is no question about it wow <laughs> yeah okay. that, you know that's just one tiny example of how the physics just translates and translates out and you can figure everything we were talking earlier about how the reason people go for the ball these days instead of just trying to tackle the runner is because it takes less force to remove a ball from a runner than it is actually to stop the runner from running. And less energy on top of that. Right. So if you, if you analyze it physically, you can just become a better team. Absolutely. So you can have a whole team, 11 guys who are skinny, 
<laughs> who just know how to strip the ball. <laughs> and they're the best defense in football. Well, well you know, football is... with calculators, you know. I got you on that one. Football is an incredibly cerebral game. You look at a typical... Yeah, you look in a playbook, and there are 200 plays in there that these guys have to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it would actually benefit you to have a bunch of smart dudes on your team. Absolutely. Well, smart dudes who can run fast away from those who can right. like, try to get them. <laughs> or like and, you said, Neil, smart guys with calculators just like, okay, Ignatius, I'm going to need you down at the 20-yard line. <laughs> right, right. Just waiting. <laughs> as long as they're really, really strong. So on my next clip, I, I had to ask these guys, because these are big guys. They, they're 6'4", 240 pounds or whatever, and they are you know they look like football players. I had to ask him, what what goes on in the locker room? with who's Are, are you guys like, is, is there a pissing contest there or what? Let's see what they say. What is the measure these days of who's the strongest in the locker room? Is it the bench press? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes no sense. Because I know, I know. I know. It's, 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 it's old school. I understand. It's old school. But something's got to happen in the old school way. So what can you bench, Travis? Now, I, I mean, I, my shoulder is so messed up. The most I bench was, was 460. That's where the messed up shoulder. No, no, no. Okay. Well, that's when my shoulder was good. Okay, Jonathan? Uh, same as Travis. Well, 465. Man. Tommy Topper. Before 70, I mean, no, no, I, no, no, no. I, honestly, you know, obviously I can't bench at all right now with my shoulder on a sling, but mm-hmm. uh, I think I've, I think 440 is about as much as I went up to. So does that still have bragging rights in the locker room? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's guys, what are these, 600? Oh, yeah. I know, Chris Knees. Who benched 600? Chris Knees. Yeah. Um, One of our rookies, actually. I didn't know you could fit that much mass on the bar. Yeah. Well, That's when the bar bend, starts bending. Yes, yeah. Yeah. pretty much does. Yeah. Okay, now how about in the thigh lift, the squat, leg squat, press, squat, yeah. Squat. It all depends because a lot of guys, if you have injuries, you have to do, you can do a front squat on a slide machine or right. or you can do leg press. Or so, oh, yeah, so leg squat. press is the... Yeah, like yeah. it all depends. Yeah. On, it's all relative to what exercise you're doing. I mean, a lot of guys okay. can leg press a 1,000 pounds or so, you right. know? Right. I mean, that's not on leg press. But now if you're yeah. squatting a 1,000 pounds, that's it's different. something to be said. Yeah, because yeah. leg press, your whole body is supported. You're, yeah, just, exactly. pushing, you're just pushing, it up pushing weight off of you. Yeah. 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 If you look at people in the Olympics with very strong legs... They're not necessarily huge. They're just very well defined. And so, where's the trade-off between getting super mondo thighs and having thighs that can actually serve your needs on the field? I think that it's the way you use them. I think if that's the case, you would think that ice skaters would have huge legs. Um, I mean, uh, speed skaters. Yeah, figure skaters or whatever. I think that to base off of, of any sport, I'd say football players probably have the most defined bodies. And it's just the way we use them. I think football is a sport where you need to use every single muscle in your body. Every muscle in the body. Wow. Chuck, how many muscles do you have in your body? Uh, I think I have four. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have about four, maybe six tops. <laughs> on a good day. On a good day, that four becomes six. <laughs> but there's a whole other philosophy here, obviously. In the old days, the guy would you flex your bicep, and if right. you had the biggest bicep, you say, oh, that's cool. But what good is that other than flexing when you need all your muscles to take somebody down who's yeah. running with the ball? A punter is not going to need biceps. Right. Right. A punter is going to use one. By the way, there are about 650 muscles in the human body, just so you know. Uh, but anyway, mm. 
Maybe Ima- your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for my body, they're really small. Uh, but you've got a situation where a punter is going to kick a ball 50 yards or something in the air. He's not going to need biceps. He's going to need massive quadriceps. Oh, by the way, depending on which direction the field is facing, yeah. the spin of the earth will actually cause a punted football to slide to the left or the right. You're not talking about the Coriolis force, I am are you? indeed talking about the Coriolis force. You're totally geeking me out Hey, now. hey, it's awesome. This I'll is the you. force that okay, well, generates hurricanes. Yes. On Earth, mm-hmm. if any air mass moves north or south, okay. it, it's coming from a different part of the Earth that has a different sideways rotational speed, and it either overshoots the center or pulls behind it. Right. And when that happens, you can spin a storm in the northern hemisphere. They all spin counterclockwise. That's, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And, and so you kick a ball. Char- fif- about 50 yards, the ball will move one quarter inch either to the left or the right, depending on whether you're kicking north-south or east west, but that's because or if you're, you're in the ki- north or southern hemisphere, or and the- you're kicking, <laughs> yeah, right. you're kicking during a hurricane. And this <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> no, the Coriolis force doesn't need a hurricane to operate. Chuck. Oh, oh okay. yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I bet there are a couple of kicks that that hit missed by a quarter of an inch. It happens. Yeah, it's a game of inches, or in this case, quarters. The of Earth quarters hates of me. <laughs> That's why I missed that field goal. The earth hates me. Well, in Cowboy Stadium, which just opened uh, a few years ago, you actually had a punter which hit the big screen above, and that completely changed the path of the ball, too. Yeah, if you hit a blunt object. Yeah, that would, yeah thank you. That, that or the Coriolis force, <laughs> one or the other. I also had to ask these guys about their diet, because where do you get your energy from? You get it from your food, right. from something you have slaughtered for the benefit of your own caloric intake. And so, <laughs> get over it. Even vegetarians have to kill something to eat it, even if it's just a carrot. So, uh, let's find out what, they, what my guys were telling me about diet and calories. Do you guys count calories? What do you eat in no. a day? I mean, I just try to eat balanced meals for the most part, especially in season. I try Reese to eat. cups. <laughs> I try to eat. Reese cups followed by ice cream. Yeah, that that yeah, would yeah. balance that out. All the sugar food groups. So what you're saying is you just eat to stay no. healthy, but not in any. You know your body. Everybody's body's different. I mean, you know, you got to know yourself. Yes. Some guys are different. For instance, Kevin Boss, our tight end, is very strict in what he eats, and he gets mad at me when I sit down and eat because I got the cakes and, and all the like sweet stuff, and he's just like, "Oh, I want some of that, but I can't." Because a lot of guys right. have to deal with the the being overweight and, and right. you get the fined for overweight. Yeah. What do you mean you get fined? Yeah. Exactly. See. Yeah. You got a window. You got to be a certain five, window. Five yeah. hundred dollars a pound. No. Forfeit, my bad. Something like that. So there is some weight that the coach has decided you should be, or some weight interval, and you come in after a cheeseburger weekend, five pounds overweight. Oh, yeah. You're going to go. That's an expensive cheeseburger. That is a very expensive cheeseburger. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Per pound per day. So what is your percent body fat? Although I'm sure it does you know depend it. on now. See, if you are overweight, they check your body fat. If your body yeah. fat is still below a certain point, then you're good. That's so your out. Okay. That's your out. All right. So you could have built some muscle over yeah. the weekend. So what's your body fat? I'm 11. percent Is that your ideal? That, yeah, 11. percent And then I have to be between 240, 244. Okay, Jonathan. Uh, so it, I mean, it depends on the time of year. So when I start training. Tell me, you, you know, sound like a, a woodland creature. Yes. Yeah, in the spring when I'm hibernate. What do you mean? I'll be, I'll okay, be full up schedule. What? I'll be around. I'll be around 13 in the spring, and then I'll 13 percent, and I'll get down to about 10 or 11 come August. Okay, and your weight? Uh, 240 to 250. And above that, you start paying out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, and I'm about the same as John. Get up to about a 13 and 13 and a half and get down to about a 12 or just under, maybe an 11. So that's not an NFL rule. That's just a New York Giants. Oh, no. But, uh, I mean, it depends on the club. Yeah, okay. Club but everybody's got, got an incentive yeah, yeah. clause yeah. Yeah. for this. Yeah. 
So, Chuck, they charge you if you come in fat. Look at that. And I thought models had it bad. <laughs> That's right. These guys are just like, oh, dear, I could never. Oh, I must be bulimic. I, I'm going to have a salad. <laughs> I'm just going to have a salad. I'm playing this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even want to have that image, Chuck. <laughs> but it's true. You need calorie, calorie equals energy. Right. You know, uh, uh, Charles, I once, again, my colleague, Charles Liu, thanks for being on the show. Sure. I once saw, it was an ad for Snickers that said, high in energy, low in calories. I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> calorie is a measure of energy. It is a measure of definition. energy. That was a, an ad slogan guy who never had physics 101. Yeah. And so, when we come back... We will talk more about what the total weight of all their equipment is. You ever think it's like, you know, it weighs like 50 pounds or something? Right, yeah. It, yeah. it does not. And I ask them about it, they'll tell me about it. Oh, and, and amongst that equipment are girdles. Oh, come on. Now, you were no, talking no, no, tutus earlier? We're talking girdles. Charles, I don't even want to know why you know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to take a quick break, but more Star Talk when we return. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You are listening to a special edition of Star Talk Radio. What uh, in this foot, in this Super Bowl break? Yeah. For a special episode of Star Talk, what what other calculations have you done for us? Well, I figured I would figure out what would happen if we played football on the moon. <laughs> did, did, they did golf on the moon. So they did golf well on football. the moon. Might as well have football. Turns out that your typical NFL quarterback will throw a ball 350 yards in the air before it comes down. That would have to be a really big stadium. That's yes. cool. Just, so that'd yes. be a Hail Mary squared. <laughs> 350 yards. Uh, amazing. And so you would, have, that, you would literally have to get in a car to go catch the ball. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> but there is another way you can do it. If the quarterback happens to throw it really high upward in the air using a trajectory, then you can actually have the wait, 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 astronaut Charles. quarterback kind of 
amble slowly across that 350 yards, and you can actually catch it. Wait, all thrown footballs have trajectories. Yeah, but... So what are you telling me here? Take the angle and aim it really Very high, high trajectory. As opposed to a low one. A it, high parabola. Right. The yes. ideal trajectory to get maximum distance is always 45-degree angle. Mm-hmm. But if you take it 60 or 70 degrees, you actually can give the runner enough time to make those 350 yards oh, before you actually get it. Okay. Yeah. So that would be a fun So when we have moon colonies, we'll, we'll call, you'll be on the sideline give, recalculating all plays for, for moon be, gravity. It would be my pleasure. It would be a one-sixth gravity That's situation. Right. Now, and, and, and what would be great in one-sixth gravity is the goal line stands where you have the running back where they want to jump over oh, the they, line. Oh, yeah. Oh, but that's it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. You, you get that, launch, you get that, that ballet like music. 15-foot vertical. Try to play football in space. In fact, it can only jump over the line. It can jump over the 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 goalpost exactly <laughs> right you wouldn't have to kick a field goal you could just jump the field goal <laughs> right. you score a touchdown and the extra point all in the same play that's <laughs> pretty awesome well i got another clip here of my three new york giants football players who came to my office at the hayden planetarium uh, let's find out what they said i was curious about just what equipment everybody's wearing these days and mm-hmm. it looks like it's heavy and that they 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 would impede their ability to move but apparently not so let's find out Jonathan, you, you majored in mechanical engineering. As an engineer, is there any change in the football gear that you could suggest that would make the game better or faster or safer? I haven't had an opportunity to do enough research to, uh, to give you good answer. answer. <laughs> I've not done my research. <laughs> it's better than just making stuff up. Yeah, right. <laughs> How much does all of yeah, our stuff there's... weigh? Yeah, what, what is the weight of all that gear? I mean, it depends if you wear thigh pads, knee pads, and all that. If you're counting your cleats, it's about eight to ten pounds. Yeah. Only. Yeah, yeah it's it's light. Yeah. Helmets yeah. have gotten so much lighter because I remember even really when you're in high, even in high school, I mean, that's only 10 years ago now, and the helmets then were even, I mean, so much heavier. You got to look at it and say, yeah, it's 10 pounds, but you have guys that when they run at the combine, run a 4 3 flat with nothing on and get onto this football field and, and can't run a 4 6. Yeah, football so that's speed. How much that's it, a difference in football that's speed. That's how much it does, yeah. It's still yeah. in the way. Yeah. yeah, that and all the, from a mental standpoint, the game will slow you down a little mm-hmm. bit. It will slow mm-hmm. some people down. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at a helmet, it doesn't look like you have full peripheral vision, but somehow quarterbacks always know when someone's coming up behind them. What kind of view do you have out the side of your helmets? Uh, a decent view, you do, and we have to do that, a lot of head turning just yeah, to see. Yeah. As a quarterback, when a defense lines up, also you kind of have an idea of which side they're going to blitz from. When they're making out calls, they're setting their protection to block a certain way, so they're expecting someone to come free. Like if they, if we bring a blitz on the defense that has too many defenders for them to pick up, one we bring one more than they have to block. They know where that free defender's coming from, right. so they kind of have an idea of where already to be peeking at. The gloves that I see you guys sometimes wear, is it to keep your hand warm? Is it to give better friction with the ball? What's the point of the gloves? It's to give you better grip of the ball. So is the glove made of a special material that basically glues itself to the ball, like Velcro or not? Yeah, yeah not so much glue, but... Um, I don't I mean, mean literally, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, your gloves will adhere to the ball a little more. Is this why pass receivers, I can see, put up their hand and the ball just sticks to the yeah. hand? And the size like, of their it, hand yeah, also it, it, has yeah. something playing <laughs> in that, too. Yeah, that, that, and the big mitts they got, that, that'll I, I definitely help. I think it makes my fingers feel stronger. And maybe a lot of stuff plays a mental toll. Yeah. Uh, but if it's doing that, I'm going to keep going for it. But I think my fingers just feel much more weak. It's uh, a placebo, though. I mean, a lot of things in, in, the, in the NFL, there's a saying that look good, feel yeah. good, play good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So, Charles, you, you were telling me during the break that there were some changes in the equipment over the years? Where yeah. Was it? In the, oh, a few decades ago, the guys would just wear a simple athletic supporter. 
But I mean, now, jock, jock strap, you mean? Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but now they wear full fledged girdles. Girdles. Are, yeah. This is. Uh, wait, wait, Charles. Why do you? How do you know this? Uh, that's another show. Fine, fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the basic point is so that it's a full form fit girdle. That's right, and it were they, were they worried about panty lines or something with their jock strap? <laughs> what? What? Well, I don't know, but they have the entire groin area protected. They've got pictures. Uh, excuse me, pockets where you can take pads. That's why you don't you see lines of undergarments on their uni- in, within their uniform. Precisely. So they're it's basically wearing spanks. Yes, <laughs> yeah. actually they are. Yeah. Uh, there was actually at least one or two running backs in the 70s and 80s who wore women's girdles for a period of time until this actually evolved into modern regular equipment. So the, the helmets have also changed. Uh, you were mentioning peripheral vision in that uh, segment there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true that humans usually can see about 200 degrees. Right, so 180 a, is left, complete exactly right, left exact to right. left right. And so, a little bit of extra on right. each side. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. right. So the helmets have been made so that they're more gaps along the side so people can actually take advantage of all those distances. And then uh, I guess there's thing, you mentioned the gloves at the very end, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Before the gloves, there was something called stick 'em. Stick 'em. <laughs> stick 'em. Yes. And what was that? Well, just a spray on adhesive. It's actually legal in certain sports like pole vault, okay? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to let go of the pole vault, mm-hmm. pole while you're half in. But, yeah, but, hap- you, but you do at some point That's need right. to let go of the. So it That's sticks, right. but not too but much. Not too much, okay. exactly. So uh, Lester Hayes was an Oakland Raiders player who used a lot of stickum in his day. And he would, so he would take it, a brush and paint it on his arms. Okay, so that's so that why anything that came in contact with him would be stuck to him like flypaper. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's illegal now. It's illegal now. But the materials that the gloves are made of have a perfect combination of what they call squeeze, which is the ability to catch, catch the ball, and tack, which is the ability for it to rub. And people can still find a way to get it sticky by covering it with water or sugar water and then washing it off just before the game. So you get a residue of the sugar left on it. That's right. Mm, mm, mm. You're listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host. We'll see you again next week. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.